Hey guys, this is a quick disclaimer that this episode has been edited. In this episode, I discuss my thoughts and feelings around my recent breakup. When this episode dropped, my ex had some of his friends ask him about the episode's content, and then he requested for me to remove his name from all episodes of Fuck Small Talk. Out of respect for his personal choices, I had my editor go through the episode and simply refer to him as my ex. If it sounds a little glitchy at certain parts, that might be why. Again, the purpose of this podcast is for me to tell my whole unfiltered truth and in doing so, create connection with those of you who can relate to these important, sometimes difficult topics. May you never let anyone shame or silence you for speaking up. Hey guys, welcome to Fuck Small Talk. I'm your host, Mariah Joe, life and recovery coach. I have my master's in sociology and a few certifications in nutrition and behavioral health. I'm also a certified peer recovery specialist, which is a fancy way of saying I use my own experience with addiction and mental health to help others heal too. And I'm here to say fuck that, to fake fluffy talk for the sake of fitting in. You don't need to fit in, you belong. Let's dive into this week's big talk topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fuck Small Talk. It's just me today. So I wanted to uh, go ahead and just record a shorter but to the point episode. And it has so much to do with my personal life and all of the things I've been navigating through lately. So I am going to jump right in. I have to be honest and put it out there that I... I have been pulling away from social media for quite a while. And there's a couple of things tied into that. Um, I'm not still actively pulling away. I'm actually actively trying to pour back in to telling more of my story and showing up more for not just you guys, but for myself. And it has been a roller coaster trying to figure out my emotions and my mental health status and uh, just even like my own goals and my own future plans. We uh, recently decided to split ways. And if you've listened to previous episodes, you've heard this. But for the time being, we're still living together in our townhome. We just recently moved in about six months ago together. And neither of us envisioned or intended for us to be moving apart this soon. But it is what we've decided for the benefit of both of us. Basically, what it comes down to is that I have been really unhappy. I think he and I have both been very unhappy in our own lives and in the life that we share and are trying to build together. We're trying to build together. And it's so frustrating when you feel like you are doing your best work and pouring in and the other person isn't meeting you there or isn't receiving it well, isn't absorbing you, um, hearing you, seeing you, all of the things. And so I think what it all came down to is that we decided that it was taking a lot more effort to invest in each other and make ourselves happy while, you know, being happy with the other person just as they are. And so it, we just, I mean, basically it just comes down to lack of compatibility and that fucking sucks. It hurts a lot and it's also okay. <laughs> and um, I've gone through an array of emotions. I've like I sobbed myself to sleep the first few nights. And now that I've been doing a lot of inner healing work, I've reached out to a lot of different support systems, a lot of supportive people. Thank you so much if you are one of my people. And I've been uh, reading a lot about codependency and I've been reading about grief and just emotional intelligence and emotions in general. 
and compatibility and what that all means. And so I am doing my research to clean my side of the street and try and figure out why why it is that I drop my my values and I drop my purpose, not like completely drop it and let it go. It's still in me. It's still a need, but I I haven't been showing up for myself in my own life the way that I was before I got into this relationship. And so honestly, I'm really looking forward to this next chapter of my life. And I can say that with full honesty that I'm genuinely looking forward to it. I am excited to see what my life looks like in a few months from now when I am single and living alone and doing everything to the best of my own ability without somebody else being in the mix. And um, at the same time, there is a lot of grief that goes into that statement because I recognize how much he gave me. And I'm really sad. I'm really sad about that being gone. But I am uh, on this episode and I am talking about these things because I really want to lean a little bit into the lessons that I'm learning and the joy that I do have in my life. And the understanding, my tr- my truth is that everything is always working out for me. And so I recognize that every day, that no matter how things pan out, no matter what goes on with this relationship uh, or with this breakup or with my next home or with this podcast, literally everything in my life, no matter what happens, I am being led towards what is meant for me. And I trust that wholeheartedly. I believe that I was led into this relationship to learn a lot from him, to learn more about myself, to learn more about what it means to be a partner and to compromise. I think also a lot of it challenged my own view of recovery because he and I live a lot differently. I also am becoming a lot more open with my recovery story and what that looks like. Something that I want to bring up. So I just met with my sponsor and this is like the fire under my ass. Actually, I came home and immediately came into my little box closet, you know, with the foam everywhere. And this is my podcast closet. It's my throne. But my sponsor, he met with me and he said, focus on the joy. Focus on what you do want. Focus on your purpose and what you are here to do on planet Earth, who you are here to serve and your why. Focus on your why. And remember that anybody that comes in or out of your life throughout your lifetime, because here's your sign, hopefully, that you have many, many more years in life, people will come, people will go. And I want you to recognize that you need to have your own back more than you have lately. And I I just appreciate that so much from him because he hears the deepest parts of me. He hears... And he sees me at my most vulnerable state once a week when I meet with him and kind of dish out all of the things, whether it sounds crazy or not. I just say it out of my mouth and I tell him what it is I've been mulling over, how I've been feeling, thinking, acting, things I've done, things I wish I would have done. And he is here for me. And something that that man just said to me is that no matter what happens, I don't have to play by anybody else's rules. 
and that he loves me unconditionally no matter what and that he supports me in my life. And he just wants me to continue being honest with myself and honest here on the podcast and what I share with my community and honest with him. I got to say, like, side note, that's some of the most bizarre words that I can hear from from a man when I've always wanted that from my own dad. So it felt really healing and really bizarre in a really beautiful way to hear that coming from my sponsor. My little sister bought me this book and it's called All That You Deserve. And it, it's strangely by an author named Jacqueline. Jacqueline Whitney. My little sister's name is Jacqueline too. She's actually on next week's podcast episode and I'm so excited about it because she is a human that is very, very active in my life. I go to her for everything. She's my best friend. I lean on her for all of the things and she has gone through so much grief in her life. It is absolutely astronomical and not normal. And so I'm interviewing her next week. You'll hear all about her own grief journey, how she's gotten through so many different bouts and different types of grief. And then we talk a lot more about like grief in general and what that feels like. I think a lot of times we think it's just death. And the thing is, is that whenever we, whenever anything major in our life changes, we lose a sense of who we used to be in that role or with that thing in our life and or with that person in our life. And so I recognize that I really am going through a lot of grief right now in a lot of different ways. And like I said, I mentioned a little bit of that next week, but yeah, between like the job change and the breakup and now I'm switching homes and I'm moving out of this townhome that I didn't really predict um, doing. And so there's just a lot of open heart wounds, I feel like. But anyway, um, back to this book. It's called All That You Deserve. Jacqueline bought it for me. And I do this thing where I open up the book randomly to whatever page and there's these short little quotes on the book all, all in, on all the pages. And this page says, not all positive change feels positive in the beginning. It's okay to take as many moments as you need for yourself. Whatever doesn't make sense now will make sense someday. Whatever hurts now won't hurt the same someday. But even if it doesn't, you will still always be okay. And that goes along with my belief that everything is always working out for me. And I just know that today I'm in recovery. I've been in active addiction. I've been actively suicidal. I have been depressed to the point of isolation, which to me is one of my scariest forms of self-harm, not reaching out when I know that I could really use support. And I'm not doing those things today. My choice to have a drink every now and then is something that I'm exploring. I'm doing it very cautiously. I am being vocal about it. And it's so rare. My instances in between having whatever it is, a, a craft beer or a glass of wine or whatever it is, that I myself am not alarmed by this exploration. I want to feel like I have agency over my own life choices. And I think a big reason why I am stepping out and making this choice right now is because dating someone for multiple years of my recovery, who is, I would say, a straight edge when it comes to his sobriety and having really no room for gray area thinking 
that has been very and and disempowering hurtful to me because I am not that. I have always been a very person-centered gray area person. It's so interesting because I grew up in the 12-step programming here. Like I grew up in my recovery about for the last four years in the 12-step programming and in all of these like sober accounts online. And I so appreciate them. And I love every piece of Quitlet that I've ever read. I love my roots. And I'm also understanding that for me personally, if I want to choose to have a glass of wine with with friends or with my sisters or when my mom comes to town, if I want to get a beer with dinner, I want to be able to make that choice and it not be an issue with anybody involved, including my own inner critic. Maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't what I want to do, but how am I going to figure that out if I don't explore what it is that I clearly would like to explore socially with people who I love and trust and who support me in my recovery journey. I hope that that makes sense. And I'm not I'm not saying this so then people can co-sign my bullshit. Uh, my sponsor being one of the very many beautiful souls that I'm leaning on in this journey. He has multiple, multiple years in recovery from alcohol. And he just said to me, I'm not co-signing your bullshit. Fuck anyone and any of their advice that doesn't align with your with your mission and what feels good to you right now. If it isn't what you want, if it doesn't feel good to you, don't listen. Don't don't dive into that then. If it's a program that seems a little too straight edge for you or if it feels like it's putting you in a box yet again, find your freedom and find what does work for you. And as life goes on and as you make decisions, maybe mistakes or whatever, you open up new doors that are new beginnings, you will find out as time goes on what feels better for you, what feels good to you. And that goes for your next relationship with like romantic relationship with a human being, your friendships that will open up and be new. This new job that you just started is going to have new and exciting beginnings. And this exploratory version of yourself of, you know, what is it like to occasionally have a glass of wine if I want, you know, and honestly, I'm saying this podcast, I have no intention. I have no intention of drinking next. Uh, It could be a year from now. I have no idea. But I personally would like the freedom from my own judgment and my partner's judgment and my friend's judgment and the internet's judgment and my community's judgment while I'm figuring it out because I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. I know that there are people out there that feel ashamed for any slip up or any choice that they actively made, even if it was a conscious choice to try something, to see what it feels like, what it sounds like, uh, whatever. I am such a firm believer that we will only find out who we truly are by actually dipping our toe into that thing that we're curious about. And if we are rejecting so black and white about something, not just alcohol, my gosh, like about literally anything, if we are judging it instead of asking questions and getting curious about it, then we are leaning, we are leading with fear. We are expressing our opinions from a level of fear and not a level of compassion or love and learning. And so that's where I'm at with everything right now. I feel like 
I'm going through so much change right now. I don't even know like where my own brain is. And so I have like two modes. I'm extremely disassociative or I'm like extremely on the ball and I am like highlighting all my books and taking all of the notes and making like 10 reels a day uh, for Instagram. And so it's hot and cold right now. And like I said, I have about a month left in this house, which is extremely challenging for me. I am a very emotionally intelligent person. I understand my emotions. I'm aware of what I'm feeling. What I've been leaning a lot more into is um, my codependency piece. And when that emotion is plugged into my ex emotion or lack thereof and how much I let that run my life and determine how I feel, you know, um, that has become a problem for me in the last couple of months is like, you know, I assess the situation on how he feels about something and then I go along with it. And in the act of doing that over and over and over again, it's only it's only myself that I can look at as as uh, not to blame, but like that is me doing that. He didn't ask me to drop my own values and my own purpose and dreams and goals and wants in order to make sure that he's good. I've done that on my own. And what I'm doing in my healing journey through this is why? Why did I do that? Why am I so quick to cater to someone else's needs and not consider my own when it comes to these big topics that are affecting my level of happiness and my lifestyle and and how I want to live? I also want to take the time right now to just explain that I know firsthand that addiction absolutely can be a life-threatening disease. It has been for so many people. It is so detrimental. The disease of addiction is a monster. It's a fucking demon, and I don't understand why it exists. It pisses me off and breaks my heart more than anything else in this world. And recognizing that my history with my substance use disorder and his history with his look completely different. Like that's the thing is anybody that's been to a 12 step meeting or anybody that knows anybody that has gotten sober or whatever, however you want to call it. Um, if they've struggled in the past, we all have such different stories. That's the thing is like, even like when you open up, um, you know, meetings or, um, go to particular groups, they say, we don't care about what you did, how much you did, um, who you were in the past, anything like that. All we care about is that you're here and that you want to get help and that you want to recover. And so I recognize that. However, I think that there's a there's a block in a conversation and in a relationship when both parties or one of the parties is just unwilling to open their mind and understand where the other one is coming from. And I got to say this for me too, you know, like because I am rejecting the idea of this black and white thinking and just wanting to have the deeper, bigger gray area conversations. And I want to talk about the what ifs. I want to talk about the what about this outlier. I want to talk about all that because for me personally, I don't have a lot of role models and people that I can think of off the top of my head that have struggled with substance use and now after years of healing work and really going through it you know maybe um years of sobriety like there's there's so many different versions of people's stories that now they can actively make certain choices around alcohol or other substances and they are living a stable 
healthier lifestyle, they feel and they say some that they're in recovery. And that's what that means is that my life today looks nothing like it did four years ago. For me, my story personally, I did the sober thing completely, the clean, no drugs, no nothing. I was really, really into my healing work. I did all of the 12 steps, definitely just jumped right into my healing journey. And at the same time, while I was healing myself, I started to help other people heal. And it's been freaking phenomenal. It saved my life. I had to do that in order to have like this hard stop. This is why it's so important for me to tell my story because I did need to change my destructive lifestyle. I had these thought patterns and behaviors that were literally driving me into the dirt. I was going to die if I did not change my lifestyle. And without putting down alcohol and drugs and taking a hard look at myself for a quite a while and doing this really hard work, I don't think that I could have saved my own life. I don't think that I would have survived if I wouldn't have eliminated alcohol from my life. And I recognize that. I know that that is my truth personally. And now that I've been growing and healing and learning and doing all these things, of course, I mean, that's the goal is to not feel like the same version of yourself four years later. And so that's where I'm at as a better adjusted, new boundary having 31 year old. I'm not 26 anymore. I feel different and I'm more curious and I'm more willing to be able to, with the right support and with the right crew, I guess, under my wing, the right team, I can start to figure out more about what works for me. And what works for me now might not have worked for me back then. And what works for me might not work for you. I just want to recognize that everybody is so, so different. And I'm just looking forward to having more conversations around living a balanced life, full of health and abundance, even if or because we've had a really rough go at life in the past. And because of that, because of how miserable we were in the past, we've made choices to heal our relationship with ourselves, with food, maybe with our spending habits, like a lot goes into recovery, a lot goes into creating a life that doesn't feel so chaotic. And once we do that work, we can start to feel like, okay, well, maybe I don't need to have such strict, absolutely not, never again, zero tolerance rules. For me, they feel like they're put there out of fear. When I set such a strict boundary for myself, when I understand like my inner voice is like, is this necessary? You know, is there another way? You know, um, I guess, yeah, that's, that's me. I just wanted to insert that a little bit that yes, of course, I recognize and understand how, how absolutely fucking serious this work is. And there needs to be space. There needs to be conversation around what it means to be in the gray or in the unknown or in the exploratory phase or in the like I don't know what else you want to say like how whatever you want to call it I'm not even sure what I'm going to coin uh, the term as right now but I wanted to stick that in here right now and just kind of address any of that. I have shown up for myself in a couple of different ways. I let myself cry. I let myself ugly cry for about a week. It was a solid week for sure in the beginning. And 
I reached out to a lot of close friends that I know that I can count on. I purchased a few different books that are right up my alley for my healing journey. And I'm actively talking about it online. I'm talking about my feelings on my stories and sharing the raw, real shit because it is a shit show. It's it's absolutely a mess. And I feel like a mess all the time. And at the same time, I'm not going to hide that from the world because, again, I know I'm not the only one that's going through something like this. And if we are taught to grieve and go through the hard emotions or the confusion by ourselves, then we're all just going to stay stuck and we're all going to think that we're the only ones feeling this type of way. And that just isn't fair. That isn't my way of doing things. So I'm here to fuck shit up. (laughs) Some other things that I've been trying to do uh, to show up for myself, I am non-negotiably going to the gym minimum four days a week. And when I'm there, I'm making sure that I'm pushing through the entire workout. I do every move. And then most of the time I walk afterwards. And it's, it's, um, it's been amazing, honestly, getting back into the gym. And I can feel myself getting back into my groove. I have been cooking for myself, which I'm so excited about, you guys. I love to cook. Cooking is one of my passions. And I call it meditation because that is one of the first things that I recognized in my early recovery journey when I was I was completely sober for two years of my recovery journey. I'm coming up on four years in recovery here in a couple of days in September. September 10th is my uh, my recovery date. And for the first two years where I was um, alcohol free, substance free, weed free, all of the things I didn't know what meditation felt like. I was too scared to sit with myself. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. It just, it irritated me more than it helped. And so I found peace in the kitchen. And I haven't been cooking, you guys, for months. For months, I haven't cooked regularly. Every now and then, I'll make a meal. But I used to cook every every week and meal prep and try new recipes. And I was on Pinterest all the time looking for stuff that I thought would be delicious and new and fun. And I would share it with friends. And I haven't been doing that because guess why? My ex doesn't like a lot of the foods that I like. And so again, there's my codependency showing. It is fact that I was dropping who I was, things that I enjoy and what I like, because he wouldn't eat it or he wouldn't like it. And who cares, right? Like, he, no matter what, he's going to go pick up fast food anyway. So why am I not doing the things that I love? So yeah, I'm definitely on a healing journey to try to figure out some of the whys behind some of my behaviors. And in doing that, I'm learning a lot about my attachment styles and about my childhood trauma. I'm healing my inner child. This is the new season that I'm stepping into is getting back to who I am, looking at myself in the mirror with love. And recognizing that like I am not being rejected. I'm being redirected towards what is meant for me and towards what feels more like home. And for right now, that's myself. I am needing to find my home within myself. And I'm so excited to be doing that work. And at the same time, I I can feel myself like in pain in my heart. I feel I feel the resistance on it, but it's something that I'm willing to do. You know, I think it's it's just like getting sober or uh, starting an exercise routine or um, 
you know, any of the other things that that we try to change in our lifestyle to try to make ourselves live a happier, healthier life, right? Like there's no way that you're going to jump into some of these major life changes, like going through a breakup and becoming single again without pain. It's called growing pains for a reason. And we have to be okay with the fact that life won't give us only good feely emotions. Life's going to give us all of the emotions and all of the feelings because that is the full spectrum of what it means to be human. It is what we do with the emotions and the feelings. It's how we redirect our thoughts and it's how we reach out for others for help. And it's the behaviors and the choices that we make after we feel those feelings or while we're in it. How we show up for ourselves determines how happy we'll be in life. And no matter what, just like my sponsor just said to me, like I I am, I drove away like repeating the words. I was like saying them out loud, like unconditional love, unconditional, unconditional, no matter what. That was so healing to hear. Because <laughs> let me tell you, he said those words to me after I vented all my crazy to him and told him exactly what I was thinking. And I said the thing, I said the words, why am I the only one that has to fucking heal? He's out there riding his motorcycle and having a fucking fi fine time out in the wind. And I'm sitting here reading a book on grief, trying to figure out how I feel and how to feel better. And my sponsor just laughed and he was like, welcome to the club of the pity party, thinking that like you're the only one, you know, that has to do the work. And he's like, the thing is, is that you get to do the work because you care enough to do the work, because you want to show up for you. You want to figure out what it is that made you abandon yourself in ways that you didn't think you were going to do anymore since your four years into your recovery journey. But here we are. And it's okay that you are recognizing that you've been taking turns down paths that just don't feel good to you. And now we're redirecting you and it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. I need you to give yourself grace. And I'm just like, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I get to, I get to do this work and I get to take my heartbreak and I get to take my joy and I get to take my frustration and I get to take my curiosities and my love and my excitement. And I get to pour it into my life and this podcast and you guys and my future. I get to show up for me now and that's the high that I am riding on tonight is just recognizing that like I have so many beautiful people in my life and I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I want, honestly. And I think I won't know until this month goes by and we move into our own separate spots and we start to take steps in our own lives without each other. I think that I have to experience that and ask myself then how I feel and uh, then I'll report back and let you guys know what it is that I came up with but as of right now I'm just trying to not overanalyze too much I'm trying to share openly and honestly and I guess to like circle back to um, my recent decision to drink alcohol it's not that recent uh, about a year ago is the first time that I had my first drink it was last March and I was in Texas visiting a friend and I drank and having a glass of wine while I took a hot bath. <laughs> and I am, I guess like, like, you know, I'm just being blunt. Uh, yes, I'm sharing about it openly, but I'm not open to feedback at this time. I am just 
merely expressing what my journey looks like. And I don't know where the road leads, but I know that I am going to be self-aware and I am going to be honest with myself and my support system. And I'll keep you guys posted along the way what feels good to me and what doesn't. But if I can lean on the parts of me that I know are unhealed still, like that inner child part of me, the part that is codependent, um, you know, against my knowledge, I, I wasn't even, I didn't even know that I was codependent. And um, here we are. So I am recognizing that the issue for me is a lot deeper in my spirit than a simple glass of wine every now and then. And if I'm choosing to have a glass of wine or a beer, like I said, with people who care about me and love me, it honestly isn't a blip on my radar for my recovery journey and my healing journey and what I'm here to do. So I hope that that lands well on your ears. Um, if it doesn't, I'd love if you'd reached out to me, DM me or email me. My my uh, so How you find me on social media is in the show notes. And I genuinely would love to have these conversations. Again, I'm not looking for feedback. If you're here to scold me, just don't. Maybe just carry on with your own life um, and figure out what it is that you are wanting to judge so harshly in another person. However, if you're wanting to have discussion or if you feel similarly or if maybe you've made a recent choice to drink after a long period of time without it or maybe you're curious about what that could feel like or maybe you have some fears about what that would be like or what it wouldn't be like or whatever, I'm open for all of the discussion because honestly, nothing is going to get worked through in the dark. And so the only reason why I'm open about this, I feel like I'm kind of throwing myself to the wolves a little bit. And I know that just being open and vocal about, you know, breaking my sobriety and what it looks like for me. And I guess it's not new news to me, but it's new news to the community of fuck small talk and to the world that um, that is that is how I'm actively living my life right now is just like no labels and I'll make choices as they come to me. And I trust myself enough to not self-destruct in the way that will lead to my mental health decline and it won't lead to more suicidal ideation and it, it won't. And if it if it does get to that point, I absolutely know that I have more than enough people that are rallying around me to, and there's the thing too, is like I'm not going to allow my pride or my ego to talk me out of asking for help when I need it. So I'm just coming on here to express my thoughts, tell you a little bit about what I've been working through. And, uh, you know, if I'm MIA from social media for a while or if I seem a little off some weeks on the podcast, that might be why. But here we are, right? Like life is a freaking journey. And if we're not here to talk about the reality of our emotions and our thoughts, then what are we really doing? And if we're not here to heal through them and if we're just going to avoid everything and just say, you know, I don't really have emotion, like, okay. All right, that if if that works for you right now, cool. For me personally, that doesn't work. I I really really want to tap into me, my reality, not what someone else wants from me. I don't want to put on a mask and then look in the mirror and ask if I'm beautiful. I want to see everything underneath that mask and know no matter what, that's what beauty is. So I guess, uh, yeah, stay tuned for future episodes of my crazy vent sessions. I'm going to go on a walk with my friend Brian and his girlfriend Kayla 
and uh, I'm out of here. I will see you next week on the next podcast episode where my little sister Jack and I talk all about um, grief, gratitude, glimmers. If you know what a glimmer is, you'll hear about it next week and giggles. (laughs) Stay tuned. All right. See you guys. Small Talk is produced in partnership with Be Easy Marketing. It would mean so much if you took the time right now to follow the pod and give a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'll see you guys here next week for another Big Talk topic. Until then, let's keep moving forward.